Super Talk Mississippi media production. Did you know Toyota Brookhaven has sold more new vehicles the last two years than any other dealership in southwest Mississippi? Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. It's a great time to live in Mississippi, and we're talking about it. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show. I hope you uh, are having a great day, and thanks for joining us on Super Talk Radio, or some are watching on Facebook or YouTube or your favorite podcast, or you're watching it on uh Super Talk TV. Super Talk TV. Uh, this is the show that celebrates the people who are making coastal Mississippi and Mississippi, for that matter, such a great place to live, work, and play. But it's Friday on uh, the Ricky Matthews Show, and this is the day I get to welcome my friend Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune, where we're going to talk Saints today. So, anyway, how you doing, Jeff? Doing great, Ricky. Good to see you, buddy. It's good to see you too. Listen, uh, I was uh, I was telling you before the show started that I come I come to my computer every morning to do this show, and I take it for granted. So I had to restart my computer, and then then Jeff had to restart his computer. So it uh, looks like we have all the technical issues solved. But I, I think there must have been some kind of an update on Skype this morning. So we're we're rolling now. Hey, Jeff. It is so – I tell you what, I look forward to getting my Saints newsletter every morning, and I, I want to really encourage our our listeners to sign up for the NOLA.com Times Picayune newsletter, the Saints newsletter. It will be there in your in your inbox before, before you wake up in most cases. And uh, what it is is it just gives you a sense of this incredible team that's focused on the Saints, covering it from every angle. And this has been such a fun offseason, such a lead-up uh, to the season. you got a confident head coach. He's made some really bold moves. You've got, uh, in one case with Lou Headley, you got the one of the most interesting men in the NFL, and we'll talk about that here in just a second. But it is really an interesting lead-up to the season starting, isn't it, my friend? It really is. Hey, that newsletter, we're over 30,000 now subscribers. Uh, it's growing fast. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a great way to get your Saints news. And I agree with you, man. There's more interest. You know, our traffic, I've talked to you about that before, our traffic on our website uh, on Saints coverage is way up. And I think that just reflects the interest level with this team compared to past years. And I think a lot of it has to do with Derek Carr, you know, the quarterback, getting getting someone of his caliber in there. But also, I think it's more than that. There's just a positive vibe around the team. You can sense it talking to the players, a lot of the veteran players that have been around, some players that have been with other teams and certainly have perspective uh, feel it as well. So we'll see how it plays out once the season starts, but I agree with you. It's been, you know, my, my colleague Rod Walker wrote a really good column the other day saying it's, they've had about as perfect an offseason as you can have. They're pretty healthy. Sounds like they're going to have most of their players available in week one, and that's always a, a good thing. And this team's due a little luck, right? They they really are because we've had even though we, we I remember this time last year we were talking about a new fitness and training coach and how that was going to make a difference and whatever and then they have 
they have again one of the one of the most you know almost set a record in, t- in terms of number of injuries or, or, or games missed, and uh, so there's a lot to talk about. Uh, it, we've got it. We've really I think they've done a great job with practice squad. We'll come back to that in just a second. But you know, it occurred to me that maybe a good place for you and me to start was on the mood that the coach made around the kicker and the punter in in that story where where um, where where it quoted uh, Dennis Allen. He talked about groupies' confidence level. But in a way, he's almost like expressing his own confidence level. We got a head coach that wants to make his own moves and has been pretty confident throughout the entire uh, training camp and leading up to the to the uh, to the uh, uh, start of the season. But it's it's good to see Dennis Allen in that mode. I think that kind of reflects where the Saints as an organization is at this moment, doesn't it? Yeah, he's very confident right now. I've talked to you about this before. Um, you know, look, everyone's confident this time of year, but there's something different about the way Dennis Allen talks, even in private conversations. I mean, he's excited. I think he's very comfortable in his own skin now. He feels like this is his team. Uh, I think getting Derek Carr, you can't underestimate how big that is. Uh, that's kind of lifted all the boats in the building. And um, everyone has a little bit more confidence going into the year because that position is so important. And not only that, but he is he has displayed a level of confidence uh, during his short time here that's kind of gotten everyone enthused. And I, I believe that the players believe it. That they, they feel like that was kind of the missing link. And, uh, you know, they've got a good enough team around him. And, and it just feels like things are coming together. I don't know how else to describe it. Now they've, got to, they've got to put it together on the football field. I'm a little concerned just because they, they haven't had still everyone all together yet on offense. You know, they're still trying to feel their way. So... I guess I would be cautious in saying that, like, I think the start of the year, they're go- it's going to take them a little while. But, you know, it's a long season. People need to just have some patience. Uh, I think they'll get there. But I do think there's going to be some growing pains along the way. I don't think you've ever used the word confidence, ever. Not one time without saying caution at some point in a paragraph that follows because <laughs> that, that's just who you are but you know what's interesting I, I think you have a unique perspective because after having written the incredibly well-written and well-read book Peyton Breeze uh, and this whole notion of having to have a PhD to play in this offense and so on you have a unique perspective about how Derek Carr is a fit in this complicated offense, the, the need to be able to read the defense, the, the need to be able to make those those checkoffs, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, you've repeatedly said this. You think that, that Carr is a good fit for this offense. Um, but you have a unique perspective about it because you literally wrote the book about it. Yeah, look, I, I had a long talk the other day with Pete Carmichael. I've got a column coming out, a little, little shameless self-promotion there, a column coming out on Pete Carmichael. And, look, it's a big year for him. He, it was not a great – first season for him without Sean Payton as the play caller. And a lot of people turn their, you know, pitchforks and torches on Pete Carmichael. And uh, I think a lot of it had to do with the quarterback. You know, we tend to, you know, we all look for a scapegoat, right? And Pete Carmichael became the scapegoat. And, and he's the first to admit he's got to do better. And the offenses look dramatically better, Ricky, this, this preseason. And I think a lot of it has to do with the confidence level of the staff has in car to get them in the right play at the line of scrimmage to make the right read 
the guy just has a, a, a confidence level, and I think Taysom Hill used the word presence. I think that's a really good word that makes everyone else confident. And Drew Brees had that to the ultimate extent. And I think Carr's brought that same presence to the building, and everyone else feels it. I think it's going to take him a little while to get on the same page with Mike Thomas. That's one thing we haven't seen so far is that connection. He's got it with Jawan Johnson and Chris Olave. It's not there yet with Mike Thomas. I think it will get there, and it's getting better, but it's not there yet. So I think those are the things I'm talking about. Like It's it's just going to take him a little while, I think, to really get humming. But that's okay. It, it happens all the time in the NFL where teams – progress as the season goes on and in an offensive line that that uh, we still have some question marks about I mean that that's definitely true I think one of the benefits of Drew Brees was that as, as you've helped us understand as you wrote about in your book his ability to very quickly process the defense his ability to read the defense and do his checkoffs and all the other things that he's has to do in a, like microseconds his ability to get the ball off quickly you know that that was when when Sam Saints had offensive line challenges. Drew Brees knew he was still going to pass a lot, but he got rid of the ball quick. He just really, really processed, got rid of the ball, and didn't give them a chance to sack him. Uh, Derek Carr's got a lot of that in him too, doesn't he? Yeah, very much. And he knows where to go with the ball. I mean, 10 years in the NFL, that's what it'll do to you. He's, re- he's seen every defense that they can throw at him, and he makes those quick reads, and the, uh, the ball comes out quick. Now, the one thing I would say, you know, I'm, I wrote about this the other day. I'm a little concerned, and, and not not majorly, but I am a little wondering when the running game is going to get going. They haven't done that much, but it might just be that they're focusing on the passing attack. They know they need to get that synchronized, and they haven't really tried to run a whole lot in the preseason, but their numbers are way down. And in the past, I did some research, when they've had poor rushing totals in the preseason, it's kind of carried over. To the regular season, they haven't run the ball well. So I'm a little worried about that. But the first-team offense has played so little in this preseason. They played, I think, one series out of 31 that, you know, it's hard to get a read to truly evaluate the running game when Alvin Kamara and that first-team offensive line is not out there. Well, you see – but see, you've watched them in practice, though. You've watched them – Go against a really good defense in, in practice. So outside of the, the actual preseason games themselves, how, what did you observe in practice? Well, it, it wasn't great. You know, they didn't run the ball that well. So that, that's got me a little concerned. I mean, Bobby Bear is the first one that kind of put this on my radar. We were watching practice one day last week at the indoor facility, and he brought that up. And I thought, you know what? You're right. I haven't really seen them break off any big runs they haven't really been grinding out you know seven those seven to like 12 yard gains and uh you know so it's something i think to watch but i mean you have to have confidence uh you know alan Kamara is one of the best running backs in the nfl i know he's not going to be there the first three weeks but i do think that's something to watch you can't be one dimensional in this league but the saints passing attack looks so good we tend to forget about the running game and you're not going to have Kamara those first three weeks and you're going to play some pretty good defenses, you know, in, in Tennessee and Carolina. So something to, to think about while we're talking about all this optimism. There is some things that I think are reasons to be a little concerned. Well, I'll tell you, one of the things that can help a really good run offense 
is a great passing attack game because then they can't load it up with their free safeties and the other stuff that they're going to be doing. But, hey, when we come back on the other side, you got a column coming up about Pete Carmichael. Even you wondered, was there a lack of creativity? Might they get another signal caller? All, what are, You know, all this stuff swirling. But the point about having a, a quarterback who can process the plays probably is one of the single most important things that we did. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we get on the other side and some of these other moves they made as well when we continue our conversation with Jeff Duncan. and love for Mississippi is why he's here. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. I have my friend Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. He's on the NFL Hall of Fame Selection Committee, one of the top Saints reporters really in history. He's been there so long and knows has so much so much insight and so many connections, and it's great to have the opportunity to visit with Jeff here on uh, Super Talk every Friday. Jeff, just one more quick thing about Carmichael. Uh, you even you speculated might we get a play caller, but I, I think it's an interesting point that you made before we went to break that. That, that what was limiting Carmichael's creativity was the fact that he, he didn't have quarterbacks that could process the situation and make him look good. And that, I mean, that's a very limiting factor in this offense, isn't it? Yeah. And look, I think even more than maybe a better way to put it would be they didn't want to do that. Like, like uh, Sean Payton used to always describe uh, Drew Brees as like, the analogy he would use is when you get a new car, it's got the dashboard with all the bells and whistles on it. He said, most people don't use all the buttons, right? Well, Drew Brees was a guy that wanted to know how everything worked and then and then actually used all those buttons. Uh, and, and he said, you know, that's the way he liked to operate. Well, certain quarterbacks don't like that. And I think Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston preferred a more streamlined approach to the offense. So they didn't have those bells and whistles, and it limited them in some of the things they can do. Carr's more like Breeze. I don't know if he's to that level, but he's definitely more like Breeze. You're going to see more motion. You're going to see more play action, just more misdirection. And we've seen it in the preseason, the pocket moving. It's a lot of the stuff we see in San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan's offense, Sean McVay, moving the pocket around, trying to keep the defense from just loading up on you. Uh, we'll see how well it works, but so far it's looked great. I have to say he looks very comfortable throwing on the run, and they're trying to get these playmakers they have in space with the ball moving because the way defenses play now, Ricky, they almost everybody plays two deep safeties. They don't let you get behind them. Very rarely do you have shot time to get the ball down the field. So to get these big chunk plays, which the Saints haven't had very many of, you have to hit playmakers on the run and let them get yards after the catch. And they've got some guys that can do that now. Obviously, Alvin Kamara out of the backfield. Uh, Juwan Johnson's terrific after the catch for a tight end. Rashid Shahid's got you know brilliant speed. And Olave, that's not a strength of his, but they're they're trying to find ways to get him the ball in space as well. And Taysom Hill. Correct. Yeah. Wow. So that's 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 the where you're going to see a little tweaking of the offense. I think you're going to see more crossing routes. Jet sweeps, things getting guys moving in space with the ball. 
Well, speaking of Dennis Allen, his personality, his changing mindset, this is his team. People said he was too conservative. He hasn't been conservative on a lot of these moves he's made to get to the 53-man roster, and never has that been more evident than through the kicking game. Um, You weren't terribly surprised, but it still is a bold move on his part, isn't it? Yeah, I was a little surprised at the punter. Lou Headley, I didn't think really – I didn't think he'd out-punted uh, Blake Gilligan. They, neither one of them has had a great camp. They've been just average. Uh, and I'm not sure, just to be honest with you, that, that Lou Headley is the guy full long term. But right now, he's the guy for sure. But I think they'll keep looking at punters uh, in, in this league uh, to see if they can upgrade that position. But it definitely was a surprise to me that they went, went in that direction. Obviously, we've talked on the program about the kicking competition. That was as close as it could get all year long. They went with the young guy. Uh, and Blake Groupie, who kicked extremely well. And they got end up getting a draft pick from Denver for Will Lutz. And we know Sean Payton's in Denver. He's got experience with Lutz. Mike Westoff is the assistant special teams coach out there. He coached Lutz here. So it all made sense for, for Lutz as well. But it is it is a roll of the dice because Blake Groupie, as good as he's looked, he's never done it in, in an NFL game. But I do like the makeup of the young kid. He's got a very level head. He's got a lot of confidence. And I think the players in the building have a lot of confidence in them as well. How does a dude that short and that small kick the ball as hard as he does? He generates, it's like golf. He has a tremendous backswing. You watch his, watch his leg, slow it down if you have a chance to watch a replay or sometime. I mean, he, his, his leg, his foot actually sometimes will touch the back of his, his back on his backswing. And usually when you have that, you have inaccuracy because you have a lot of margin for error there in in the swing through. But he has managed, I guess he's just been doing it so long that way, he generates incredible leg strength using using that backswing. And it's, I mean, he's 5'7", about 150. He's a, he's a wisp of a human being. And it's why he keeps getting, uh, you know, confused with uh, his sons of, I know Darren Rizzi yesterday said, that when he first showed up, that some of the coaches thought he was the son of one of the coaches. <laughs> he keeps getting misidentified as like a fan or a, a, a child because he's so so young looking. Like like, like like the one game where security stopped him and he went on to win the game with the kick. So so right. cool. And, and Heedley, you know, you got a guy from Australia, thirty years old as a rookie, had another year of eligibility, owned a. Uh, a tattoo parlor in Bali at one point has literally, except for his face, his body is covered in tattoos. What an interesting dude. Oh my God. We talked to him yesterday for about 20 minutes about his backstory and it's fascinating. He's got to be one of the most fascinating people in the NFL. I think everyone's going to try and do the Lou Headley story. I mean, you know, he's got the rock down in Miami, uh, you know, sending him uh, messages on social media, congratulating him for making the team. And he does add an element because he's an Australian uh, punter. He's got uh, the ability to use all these different kinds of punts with backspin, side spins. And I think Darren Rizzi talked about uh, how excited he is to be able to use that toolbox. It's a little different than Blake Gilkin, who's more of a traditional punter. Uh, but again, he hasn't done it in a game yet. So we're going to see. But you're right about this. It's reflective, I think, of of the uh, new Dennis Allen, a little more bold, not as conservative, uh, and rolling the dice and going with these young guys. 
Then you've got he let Roby go, and uh, you know so he made some moves in the in the defensive backfield that he's confident about. And he let Jalen Smith go. When he let Jalen go, incidentally, it actually it actually trended on on Twitter, got him back onto the track practice squad. Uh, just a lot of interesting moves. Yeah, the Bradley Roby one surprised me a little bit. Uh, I just felt like at that position, Bradley Roby is a good player, and you just don't. You just don't let good players at that position get out of the building, but that shows how confident they are in Alante Taylor. And it goes back to the old Greg Williams line. When Greg Williams is a defensive coordinator. His his goal every year was just to get the best 11 players on the field at the same time, the best 11 defenders. And that's certainly what I think they believe with Alante Taylor. They feel like he's a better overall athlete. And I do think that's another position where there's going to be some growing pains early on. He's going to get beat. He's going to have some struggles early on, but they're thinking, who's going to make us better in December in the playoffs? Are we going to be better there with Taylor or Roby? And I think they feel like in the end, they'll be better with Taylor there, but it might take a little while to get there. So just have some patience. If he starts getting beat early on, don't panic. You see, also see our our rookie defensive lineman emerging and the way they're their their you know more veteran teammates talk about them especially breezy it's uh you know hopefully they can keep that up yeah he man he looked totally like a totally different player the last 10 days all of a sudden the light bulbs come on you have to you have to have patience with these young players sometimes especially young defensive linemen it, sometimes it takes them a while and early on in camp i had some concerns about Brzee, and he's the light bulbs come on you're starting to see him make an impact inside. And look, he's not going to do that all the time against starting the starters in, in this league. But just to have the ability to do it, I think is going to add an element that they were missing on the interior of their defensive line last year. It's why they drafted him. They just want someone that can have an impact, penetrate into the backfield, wreck some havoc inside uh, that they didn't have a year ago. And I, I mean, I think it was Malcolm Roach that said about him that he's never seen someone that size turn so rapidly, and that he's not asking him to do anything other than what you just said. Yeah, be disruptive. Yeah, and, and when you throw him in the mix inside, all of a sudden that starts opening things up for the the ends outside, and it gives the defensive line coach Todd Grantham and defense coordinator, which is basically Joe Woods. It gives them a lot of options now. They could even play Brzee outside. I mean, he, he's built a lot like a defensive end. He's 6'5". You don't see a lot of 6'5 wow. interior defensive linemen. So that's unusual. And that's the one thing that I have seen that, that there's a little bit of a drawback for him is he loses leverage sometimes. He's, he's a tall, rangy guy, and it's all about pad level in there. So when he stays low, he's very effective. But when he gets upright a lot of times, you'll see him get blown out of there by some of the better – uh, offensive lineman he's going against. So that's something that's going to be a work in progress, but certainly promising to see him have that impact as a pass rusher. Well, listen, one of the things that was for sure, depending on who you talk to, some people wondered if, if uh, J- Jimmy Graham would make the team. But Jimmy Graham made the team. So what a great story that is. Yeah, well, I mean, he had a great game the other night. That, that's really solidified it. Look, I think he was a lock to make the team until – until that incident out in California. And yeah. what's that happened? Yeah, so what's the word on that? Well, I mean, he's fine. I mean, he's... Oh. Yeah. So, uh, Kyle, just checking in with you real quick. How are we doing on time? 
Okay, good. You, you, we had a, a mute issue there for a second. Uh, so anyway, Jeff, listen, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you, my friend. We've got another week to go before the, the first game, but it's going to be fun to the lead up to it, isn't it? Yeah, look, I think people are really excited. I think that opener in about a week and a half is going to be off the charts here. And so it's going to be fun to get into the real action and start to see the real Saints show up here uh, in about in about a week. And we will stay tuned and check in with uh, Jeff every Friday. It's been a pleasure, my friend. Have a great weekend. All right. You too, Ricky. Thanks, buddy. You bet. Hey, when we come back, we're going we're gonna to continue the conversation. We'll see you after this break. Talk Mississippi Media Production.